You're listening to WCB Newsline Unleashed. Hello all. In this episode, we get to know the members of the WCB Newsline Committee a little better. Each of us will ask a question and the rest of us will answer. Let's begin. Beth. So so what is your favorite flavor ice cream? Uh, my favorite ice cream flavor, it depends on mostly on my mood, but um, it's usually a Ben and Jerry flavor. Um, right now they have a strawberry pop tart one, which I'm pretty in favor of right now. So, Chris? If I was an ice cream flavor, which one would I be? I would be, I think I would be hot fudge sundae. All right, Denise? Well, I've been accused of being an ice cream snob because my favorite place to get ice cream is at Colstone. And um, when I'm going to get ice cream there, and if I were an ice cream flavor, I would want to be a German chocolate ice cream sundae or ice cream cone. Heather? Well, I like anything raspberry because it's tart and sassy. It's not too sweet, kind of like me. Luke? I think that if I had to be an ice cream flavor, I'd definitely be Rocky Road. Just because, you know, you have all these ice cream flavors and they're just like vanilla or chocolate and it's all just one thing and that's all it is. But Rocky Road, right? You have all these different, all these different bits of different flavors and different colors. And I think that that variety is real, real nice. So that's what I would be. Rich? Yeah, I, I was kind of taking it as a, a very deep philosophical question about our our nature as ice cream beings, and and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I would probably be butter brickle, uh, partly just oh, because it was my man. favorite flavor of ice cream, but because it's it's unique and it's got some pizzazz and some crunch to it. And uh, the things in there that you can't quite identify that just make it really good. So it's kind of like me. So there you go. All right. Uh, Tristan? All right. Well, I didn't take this uh, question quite as philosophically as Reg. I'd say right now my favorite flavor would be like a chocolate peanut butter swirl. All right. And this is Zach. My favorite flavor is Ben & Jerry's New York Super Fudge Chunk. Yum. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of with Luke. It has a lot of stuff in it, a different, a lot of different textures, and Sounds it's just kind of hardcore. So good, it it, mm-hmm. it is. Ben and Jerry's is probably the best ice cream company in the world. Very metal. I agree. So we're all getting ice cream after this, right? <laughs> ice cream. Give it to me. Chris, what's your question. If you decided that you wanted to publish the news line, but you wanted to target it to people totally outside of the blind community, how would you do it? I think what I would do is you could have hosts that interview people about our magazine, thinking in terms of people who have never known blind people to be able to get our magazine into their hands or you know into their lives and be able to find out about us through what we write all right Beth I I guess I I, I'm old enough to go kind of old school and and still go with the the thing of you know trying to 
Um, if you have a print version of, of the news line that you're able to even print out the email version to take it to the doctor's offices so to try to still get the um, people that are sighted or even um, or losing their vision that they'd be able to, to see that there are blind people writing news articles and stuff like that and learning about the organizations. I think even for this generation, such as Zach and Lucas's generation, to be able to have podcasts is great, too, because I, I know my niece is totally into podcasts herself, too. So um, I think we're keeping up with the times, too. So um, I don't know how else, you know, people even with the our name news line is, is similar to the NFB's news line. So, of course, if anybody Googled news line, they, they might get both versions, you know, on their Google search. I was just going to say, I, I agree with uh, you and Beth and sharing is caring, man. You know, pass it on. Don't throw it away. Get it, get it to somebody. Uh, you're paying it forward by just letting other people get a chance to see it, find out what we're about. I even, you know, when it is posted on the website, I post it on my Facebook page too, you know, so people know about it too. So, All right, Denise? I think we can publicize our newsline far more than we do. You know, we say, well, let's get it into doctor's offices. Let's get it into offices of ophthalmologists and optometrists because they're the people who are going to have connections with other blind people who don't know about us. But if we're really wanting to reach out to the rest of the world, I would think of every place I could think of to go put it. Think of all of the places you go where they have magazines sitting out on you know, a table or something. If we can start out with parents and teachers you know, having an opportunity to see the magazine. I think it's a really good thing. And I like that idea of putting it, the information up on your, your Facebook page and send it to your friends. They send it to other friends. And so it gets out that way. So those would be things that, um, that I would do. All right, Heather. Well, I like all those ideas. And I kind of agree with Denise in that it's not just the doctor's offices because if you think about all the people that you know they probably all have somebody in their family that has a visual impairment of some kind so it does affect everybody i'm thinking that because we are a, a, such a social media oriented society on top of all that print stuff that maybe you know like zach was saying the social media routes maybe having even just an online presence, like a website or blog that was specifically the news line that, you know, could pretty much be accessed by anybody. I mean, I'm not saying this because it's a lot of work, (laughs) but if it weren't a lot of work and it was really something that was feasible, I think that that would be the next step is to get it online on its own, not just on the WCB website, but just online. Luke? I think that everything that everyone said so far has been just really great. I think that, yeah, you know, the internet, it's the new frontier and Mm -hmm. it's just one of those infinite possibilities kind of things. And I think that there are just a lot of ways that like, like you said, like social media then also like a possible website. I think all those ideas would vastly increase the kind of outreach because there's only so far you can if you physically put something somewhere, like maybe three, four people will find it, right? But on 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 the internet, like that's that's hundreds, hundreds of that, and like oh, yeah. maybe even thousands of people that'll see that. 
And with so, podcasts. And with know, podcasts, it's probably even yeah. more because oh, more people yeah. are willing to listen to something than to read it. I think uh, the one other idea I had was was at, at schools, I think, would be a really great thing. Because a lot of the opportunities and things that I've found have been like uh, through my school. A lot of schools now actually have like actual like clubs and, and sections that actually find these like interesting opportunities and things and kind of bring them together and bring them to the student body. Like I have a group at my school that I'm a part of that does that. So I think that would be really cool as well. Kristen. I would kind of take a twofold approach. And first of all, I'm not a big fan of social media. So I would not go for the Facebook, Twitter type stuff. However, I would create one of those annoying YouTube ads that, you know, those ads that you can't get rid of that come yeah. before your video that just says something like, hey, come read the news line. And then on top of that, I would have a separate website. So like www.thenewsline.org or something like that. And it's just the magazine itself there. I would have apps for Newsline on iOS and Android devices. Mm-hmm. And in an effort to try and get readership from different age groups and interests and everything, and in a way to make it a little bit more like a traditional magazine or newspaper, I would include like puzzles or riddles or something like maybe a accessible crossword puzzle section or something like that. So, so the, the way, way that I would get the news line out to someone, to, to the, the mass population, I would actually tie some pretty big names to it. One of the people that comes to mind is Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is well known for his oration and narrating of uh, yes. audio uh, or text to audio. So I would, you know, reach out and be like, hey man, can you read a couple articles from the news line? And once you get some of those bigger names tied to the publication, okay. you pull in all of their, he's got like millions of people on Twitter that follow him. So we get wow. some big names tied to the project and we have them slowly start integrating the, the news line into their, their community. That's how I do it. Uh, Denise, you're okay. up. My question is, because I love columns. If you were going to create your own column that you would put content into for each issue, what would your column be? And mine would be, you know, we do the book review and that's really great. But what I'd like to do if I could, but I'd have to move to someplace else to do it, is I'd like to do a column that reviews audible described plays. Ooh. I can get behind that. But I couldn't stay here because we don't have anything like that here. Beth? I, I guess I could do maybe do a sports column because I am a, a big sports fan. So that would probably do more of a, a sports column. Chris? I think I would do the critiques of various audio described television programs and movies. Talk about not the movies themselves, but the way the describers their description adds a lot to what we see or sense how many stars does that audio described movie have (laughs) 
<laughs> and why? <laughs> All right, Heather? So this is kind of an interesting question because the column that I do right now, I actually did create. And it's an, it's an interview column, the Cheshire Cat interview. But if I were to do another column or a different column, I'm kind of vacillating. I mean, I would love to do a gardening column, but what I'm really thinking I would like to do is an unexpected whimsical column that nobody would ever know what I was gonna write about. All right, Luke. I think that what I would wanna do is a sort of column that we already do this like um, off and on or just kind of spread out. But I think if we had a column that was like specifically centered on like opportunities, and like things that people can go out and do kind of things. I think that would be really cool. Just kind of like um, actual like actions and opportunities that people can actually kind of tangibly like go out and experience. And I think that that would be something that'd be really cool. Like if I was reading it, that'd be something I would definitely look forward to each time. So that's, that's something that I would want to create. I love it. Cool. Yeah, I can definitely get behind that one. Reg? I think I would want to maybe uh, start a biscuits and gravy column yeah. and I would go yes. to every restaurant that I could find Ooh. and I would order their biscuits and gravy, review it and see if it was any good or not. And then I'd write about it and send all my friends there, you know, if it was really good. Well, I was, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to become a, a food critic. You could go you to all the food. different restaurants. If I got through all that, I'd start on lemon meringue pie. But anyway. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh me too. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, oh slightly more serious. And of course, it has nothing to do with Newsline, but it's still just an interest for me. And it's my column, and it can be whatever I want it to be. Because I, I love um, trying to find different musical instruments or accessible keyboards audio equipment and stuff like that and if, if i had the resources to buy different kinds of equipment and review it and test it with friends and stuff i'd do a column about that that would be pretty cool that'd be I am very cool i are geek <laughs> i'm still laughing at the title biscuits and gravy is the column title <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, I, I mean that could be good. anything yeah could be vinyl yeah it could, it could. right so mysterious <laughs> all right tristan okay. i have to stop laughing okay um i guess i think maybe i do like a one of two things either an accessible products review in which case we look at things like well every Amazon Smart Oven, maybe the Echo Dot, accessible board games, etc. Or I do like a short fiction column. That would be, you know, like maybe short stories or something. You stole my answer. Sorry. No, you're good. That's a good one. I, I, I that would actually, that would be a really cool column either way for the newsline. I think that'd be because we're always writing about real things. It'd be really cool to see some people's creative fictionalized writing coming into the, the I'll newsletter. read that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it, sounds really cool, actually. Heather's taking notes, I'm sure, of all these cool ideas. <laughs> well, I am. <laughs> and I, I have to take just this brief moment to tell you guys that there is an anthology coming out in September that is all short stories written by blind authors with blind protagonists. 
and one of my short stories is going to be featured. Oh in wow! It. So I will let you know. I will wow. let you know, you know, how to get it and when. But it's exactly that. It's just short fiction. But yes, I'm taking lots of notes here. We have it on recording now, all these column ideas. <laughs> yeah. All right. So my answer, just to add on to what Tristan was kind of going with, is I was thinking about <clears throat> putting a prompt in a column, writing a little bit, and then allowing other viewer, uh, readers to write the next part of the story. Oh. Um, so that That's way awesome. it's a little more engaging. So we can see yes. people's it's kind of like a fill in your own adventure that they, they can write yeah. however mm -hmm. they want and then the next person just has to pick it up but another column i'd like to see as well or to write if i was doing this would be i'm a huge plants and fungi person i mm -hmm. love gardening and going out and foraging so i would love to be able to write in a cohesive coherent manner a way for visually impaired people with some sight or no sight to identify plants by touch. That would be an, a column that I would love to figure out how to produce. You and I will talk later. Okay. Heather, you're up. Okay, I'm gonna go with my second more, it's a more intense question. It is, do you have a really difficult life experience that you have been through that you were glad you went through and why? And I guess my answer is just different relationships. You know, you, you get involved in relationships and they don't always work out the way you think they're going to, but they always add something to your life. Like I always feel like a person is in your life for a reason. And e even if it ended up being really difficult or, you know, not how you thought it was going to be, what did you get out of it? And would you be the person that you are today if that hadn't happened? Like, I got an amazing daughter out of my first big relationship. And I, I can't imagine not having her in, in my life. And now I have two grandkids because of that. I just feel like I take something from every relationship. And by relationship, I mean any type of relationship, family, friendship, whatever. I think that's always a big thing for me. Beth. I, I think of along the same way you do, Heather, on, on different things, because, you know, you didn't meet a certain person in your life and your life could be totally different. Um, even, even, for instance, taking a certain bus, for instance, I wouldn't be with my current husband. You know, we both hmm. went up taking the bus 25 to work and, and got to know each other on the bus and start a relationship that way. So, you know, it's just you never know what different things you do in your life, how it will impact your life. There are so many different things that have happened in my life that try to pin down one thing to say, it would be kind of hard, so. Chris? Okay. Well, as a youngish woman, I had tried my vocation as a nun and I didn't have one. They, you know, the sisters realized that and um, I was not happy with that because I, I felt like it was the perfect place for me with the, you know, the quietness and the rules and all of that, except I didn't know my own personality all that well, I guess. I kept getting this picture of myself singing on stage. Much as I love music, I had never wanted to do that 
because I just felt like it was too too corporate is what I'm really looking for. It wasn't about the music. It was about the money. And I didn't really want to be on stage or anything like that. But I saw myself as being on a stage. And I finally said, okay, I'm seeing this. It's in my head over and over. I'm going to try it. And I worked for over 22 years in piano bars. And my mother and I went on the road together, basically, in Washington and British Columbia. Now, that's how I got to know my mother as an adult. Mom had had a lot of illnesses in her life. And we knew that it, she was going to die a whole lot sooner than we really thought she would. And when she did die, I, uh, for a while, my father and I lived together in the condo that, that he owned and that was where my grandparents had lived he did move into a, a, a retirement community and for three months I lived alone in the condo it was a time when I, I had a lot of a lot of things that came up and a lot of fears and a lot of feelings and eventually I made a decision. I went to an alternative, what they call an alternative Christian church. It was more new age than not. I met someone who became a good friend and my good friend became my husband. I never thought I would ever get married. And at 51, I did. And it's been going strong ever since. It was right. It is still right. It's made me know a whole lot more about being brave and being true and being gracious and loving and it changed my life to to be married to someone of that kind of kindness that was a really nice story all right denise <laughs> probably the most difficult experience in my life was the almost two years i spent being the caregiver for my husband Earl before he passed away and it was a very um, intense time, it, but it was an intense but good learning experience because um, I had to learn how to be a caregiver as a blind person. And I have to tell you, when you're dealing with situations where doctors are really making things difficult for you because they're not taking you seriously, when you're talking about uh, you know, the symptoms that you're seeing, when they can't come up with diagnoses, when you're trying to find services that don't seem to be out there and available, it makes it real difficult. And I had the opportunity to, to learn a lot about how you do things as a blind person when you're caring for um, someone else, especially when it's another blind person. And um, I'm grateful that I had that. I'm not grateful I had to go through it, but I'm grateful at least I had the experience of being able to learn, you know, a little bit more about how that whole process works or doesn't work. Okay, Luke. I think probably the, maybe not the most difficult experience, but one of the ones I think I, I gained the most kind of out of is uh, when, I, when I was younger and um, I wasn't as confident as, as I am now. I had a teacher who uh, very much wasn't, because I, I have partial vision, right? So I had a teacher who very much wasn't on the board with accommodations. She felt like those things weren't really relevant or weren't really a thing. 
And so I had a lot of trouble that year. I believe it was fourth grade. And I, I almost failed like nearly all of my elementary school classes, which seems kind of crazy. It was a question about whether I'd be able to, I'd have to relearn math and things like that. And I think that that was a really hard experience, uh, but my parents really helped me through that. And I think that I gained a lot of confidence in that, yes, this this is a real thing. And I'm not like, it, it's not like somehow I'm getting some unfair advantage. This is this is how it should be. And And I think that because of that experience and because of how hard that was for me, I've been able to be really confident and because I really didn't advocate for myself that much back then I think I'm really able to be confident and advocate for myself now because I've had that experience so I'm really grateful for that rich I, I don't know that's kind of hard I thought about um, passing on the question but I grew up as an only child the experience of you know, I tried to go to college the first time and I just wasn't ready and I was playing in bands and working and doing other things, but I always knew that I would go back. It was important to my parents and important to me, but spending so many years not having a clue what I was going to do with my life and just kind of floating and coasting. And it was a very crooked road that got me out here from Prairie Village, Kansas, suburb of Kansas City, out here in Washington State. Uh, doing what I want to do. But I think just getting through college, came off the road and went back to college when I was 23 and getting through and four years gave me the confidence to know that I did have some skills and abilities and that it was worth it. And even though I didn't know where the road was going to lead, just having that piece of paper opened up so many doors, I would give that ad advice to anyone now, just like my parents did. The more choices you can give yourself in the long run, the better off you're going to be. But it, it means that you have to stick it out and get some skills and know that you're doing it for yourself and not because anybody's telling you to. It's like uh, great to rebel against authority for a while, but uh, at some point you've got to uh, embrace it and and find your own way through and do what you have to do amen Tristan. well i feel like reg kind of took some of the wind out of my sails for my answer just because my answer is related to college as well one of the harder things that i've done was my path through college i ended up going to two different community colleges. Then I transferred to a four-year state college, got my bachelor's degree and said to myself, okay, it was really hard to get this far, so I'm done. So I tried really hard and finally got a job that unfortunately made me move out of the state and to a place where I really didn't want to be, but I stuck it out for a year. And then I came back to the Pacific Northwest and was able to go to graduate school to get my master's degree at a university. So the difficult part is that I went to four different schools to get my master's degree. At the same time, now that I have walked that walk and done all that I'm actually 
grateful that I did take the more circuitous route to get there because it allowed me to experience many different types of colleges and types of disability services offices. And this is actually particularly important to me as my career goal is to work in a disabilities office at a college or university. Having had the experience I have, I'm able to reflect on, okay, what worked well, what didn't. So hopefully I'll be able to make things a little smoother for students who I serve. All right. So my answer to this question is a little bit of a dark one. So bear with me. Uh, One of the worst experiences of my life happened in February 12th, 2020. I got a call from my father and he said hello. And then he immediately started crying. And my dad doesn't cry. He handed the phone to his girlfriend and he said, or she's told me that my dad was diagnosed with cancer and they didn't really know much at that time, but they already knew it was terminal. Now, I've been a cancer fighter survivor myself. I've fought cancer three times plus multiple tumors and I, I can handle it fine. It doesn't bother me. But when it's someone else that you care about and that you love and you can't help them, the only thing you can do is sit by their bedside and hold their hand and force feed them pain medication to make the, the pain stop. That's what killed me. Ouch. Yeah. Um, so, but what I, what I got from the experience you know, it was a negative experience at the time, but I got to spend the last six weeks with my dad. And it honestly answered one of the questions I had because my dad was always there for me as a kid growing up with cancer. He was always at my bedside. He was always taking me to the appointments. And so I felt like I got to return the favor. I got to help give him some relief and really just step up and return the favor full circle. So it was, a, it was, it's, one of the worst experiences of my life but it honestly has given me a lot of stuff to think about Mm -hmm. and it gave me some inner peace and what Denise said about being a blind caretaker the reason I called Heather's name is because I was like tearing up because I I dealt with quite a bit of that Mm -hmm. with my dad so like definitely can feel that that um that struggle Yeah, that's huge. Luke, your question. What advice do you have for a young person who is getting started in the world that can relate to like going into college or going beyond that? Me personally, I have not gone to college or have gone further than that. So I'm not sure how much advice I can give. But I think what I would say that what's helped me so far in my life is perseverance and kind of not giving up, even when it feels like, oh, there's probably an easier way to do this, or there's probably a way to kind of go around or find some sort of shortcut. Uh, I think that knowing that you yourself can do this and that this is like the the proper path for you, I, I think having that confidence is super important. So I think that's what I would say. Beth? My advice is, is if you have a dream of, of what kind of job or that that you like to do to to shoot for the stars and, and go for it, whatever it takes to do that, so whether it's going to college or get on the job experience or that kind of stuff like that, I'd still 
find a way to to make it happen chris i would say that if you are young and you are finding that you're wanting to go to college you see it in your mind and you want it really badly but there's people telling you not to or that you can't do it or whatever keep the picture in your mind because that says that you can whether you know it or not it may be hard but if you want it and you see that picture go for it if you don't wait for it or find something else denise the two pieces of advice i would give would be number one uh, believe in yourself and the other piece would be be prepared and i say this in terms of either going from high school to college or going into employment it's a whole lot different to go from being a student in the K through 12 system than it is becoming a student at the college level you have to learn how to be your own best advocate you have to believe in what it is you want to do and not allow others to talk you out of it because of their misconceptions of what a blind person can or can't do and the only reason i say be prepared is that i have seen too many people walk into a college or walk into a job interview and know absolutely nothing about what they're going to be encountering if you're looking at going uh, into a job interview find out everything you can about that job before you get there be prepared to ask those intelligent questions that get you further along in the process and the same with your disabled student services offices at colleges you need to know what they do what they can provide what they can offer and you need to do your your homework prior to actually meeting with those people initially I wholeheartedly agree with that. Uh as a college mm -hmm. student who had to do some of that stuff, definitely yep. <laughs> those are probably the best pieces of advice mm -hmm. a student could have. H Heather? Okay, so mine's not so much college specific, but just more life in general, and it's kind of multiple parts, but first of all, really listen to your intuition. No matter what it's about, fine tune your intuition and you really won't go wrong and that also incorporates into the journey of where you're going it's not actually about the destination the destination is the journey it's about all those experiences that you're going to have along the way take the scenic route enjoy every bit of it good bad all of it it's there for a reason and then i guess to thy own self be true yeah for sure uh reg i was gonna say listen to that little voice in your head and trust yourself so heather was kind of getting to the core of my answer to it yeah you have to be flexible and not take yourself too seriously and there's no question that you're going to have disappointments and it's it's how you deal with those how you redirect I, I think it it is easy to take yourself too seriously or think that when you know one door closes that another one isn't going to open and it won't if you just stand there in front of the door you have to make the doors open 
and figure out long-term, I mean, even beyond college, who you want to be, who you are to yourself. If that means, you know, walking away from one career and starting something completely different or going to be a nun, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you just don't know. And the signature on my email says, John Lennon quote about yes. life is what happens when you're busy making, making other plans because things come up and, and things change you and you have to let them, you have to just continue a, a lifetime of learning and, and growing. And yeah, that's what I got. <sighs> that's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tristan. This starts with serious soul searching into what is important to you what makes you happy what you can see yourself doing as you're doing that try not to censor yourself and then you can get down to the nitty-gritty of setting goals and looking at feasibility of those goals try to set both short-term and long-term goals And sometimes you even need to set um, contingency goals. Then just go, just jump in. Don't spend years trying to refine that plan because all you're going to do is talk yourself out of it. And you're going to find more reasons why it can't happen. So jump in. You're going to have times when you're, you're thinking, Oh gosh, I, you know, it would have been way easier if I just uh, went and worked at Safeway. That's when you need to be persistent. Decide what you want, set your goals, um, be persistent toward achieving them, be willing to reevaluate along the way. Those are really good um, suggestions. Yeah, that's good. My answer to this question is the following. No matter what you do, whether you're going to college or you're just kicking back on a couch, living life, whatever it is you're trying to do, build a team. Have a good supportive team around you. You don't need a big team. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have 20 people in your social, like your social circle, but have someone or people who will help you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish while you help them accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. And advocate, advocate for each other, even if it's not about disability. If they want a car, Help them get a car so they can help you get to your job, whatever it is, like support each other. That is the number one thing. God, I love that. It's yeah. one of those- uh, Reg. If you could have a conversation with your 15 year old self, would you like each other, first of all? No. <laughs> How do you think you'd get along? And, and uh, what would be uh, one that question? Want them to. Uh, uh, take away from that interaction that, that you would tell him. And for Luke, I was going to say with his uh, 10 year old self. <laughs> or maybe his 50 year old self. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, that's, a, that's a trip. Oh, man. <laughs> that was what I was thinking about today. And for me, um, and I, I think I would have even gotten this as a kid, but I wasn't doing a very good job of it with my parents at the time. I think I was pretty rough on my teachers and my parents. Um, Was not the easiest kid. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And I think I regretted what, you know, when I would uh, 
act out in that way, but it didn't necessarily stop me from doing it. It's, it's just real easy to hear the advice and it's a little harder to actually walk the talk and live it. Yeah, I do think uh, my 15-year-old self and I would have gotten along pretty good because we still both have that endless curiosity. We'd probably end up uh, building a ham radio together or something, you know, who knows. But, uh, you know, I'd be telling me to straighten up and fly right. <laughs> Beth? Gosh, I I was in a depression period at that time, so I, I would uh, be telling myself about how what life is like now, so to try to help get myself out of that funk and life will get better than than the way it looked then. Would you believe you? I I don't know because of course knowing what I know about depression, it it would it would be hard sell because you know you you can't see that uh when you're in the middle of the storm you can't see the the sunny day you only see the clouds so it's it would be yeah. hard to hard to, to to convince myself that life would be better so yeah can't see the forest for the trees sometimes for sure okay chris i i have never really liked my 15 year old self i i have a hard time uh i've tried writing letters to her I never can do it she was full of rage she was not a happy person she wanted her own way she believed that that no one really would see her as credible for some reason no I I never got along with her all right Denise I think we would get along with each other fine the thing was that when I was 15, I was very shy. I had very little self-confidence. Um, so I didn't do a lot. I, I didn't branch out. I didn't try new things. I wasn't real curious. And I would hope that I would be able to share the road that I've taken to get where I am now and how I gained my confidence and um, that I became a much better person and a much healthier person emotionally and mentally as a result. All right, Heather. So I'm just thinking about myself at 15. That was a pretty crucial year for me. It was a good year because I don't know if many people know this, but I'm a pastor's daughter. And I questioned that from the time I was two, like, beliefs and, yeah. and you know why, why are you wanting me to pray to something that I can't see or you know whatever I, I've always questioned everything in my life everything um, but I also struggled with having a huge respect for my parents and their beliefs and not wanting to disappoint them so at 15 all that kind of just started clashing for me I was a little bit wild and rebellious, not horribly, but I, I think I, I would get along with her and I would tell her now that I kind of have created a motto for myself now that I think would apply to my whole life. And it's pretty much do everything authentically with passion and without fear. So you know, whatever it is that you want to do, 
do it all the way, but with great integrity and, and being true to yourself. Just like I was, you know, answering Luke's question earlier, you have to be true to yourself before you can be worth anything to anybody else. So that is a lesson that I really had to learn along the way. And I think that that year was when all that kind of started uh, making sense to me. I definitely had crucial points throughout my life that, that I could say were bigger than even that year, but that was, that was a really big year. And I, I would love her and I would take her out probably for a burger and fries and have a chat and say, Hey, it's all good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Nice. Um, Luke. All right. So I think I'll take this question as talking to like my, my 10 year old self. I think that what I would say is I think the similar, this goes similarly to the question about the, the hard time and then what we learn from it. But uh, I think that for a large portion of, of my life until like almost until like high school, I was very much like a not very confident person. Um, uh, I, I wouldn't really, I didn't have a whole lot of friends and I didn't really, I had a lot of trouble kind of speaking out and that, that went, went into like um, advocating for myself, right? And so there were a lot of kind of struggles that I went through with that. And I think that I would definitely get along with myself. There isn't a huge like uh, age gap there. So I think it's a, a lot of similarities. But I think the thing that I wanna I wanna tell him the most would be just to kind of to, to, to be able to have that confidence and to be able to be comfortable with yourself and uh, know that you're value you're valuable and that people value you and that you have something to add to any conversation or any kind of group that you're a part of. And so I think that would be what I want to tell myself the most. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So Tristan. Yes, I think I would get a, get along pretty well with um, my 15-year-old self. I think that my 15-year-old self and I actually have quite a bit in common. That may sound weird. First of all, I would tell her that she's doing good. Keep doing what she's doing in terms of school and stuff. But she needs to take it easier on mom. Mom was then, I didn't realize it at the time, my best friend and advocate. I was, man, I was just terrible and rotten to my mom when I was that age. You know, I called her all kinds of names. I uh, constantly picked fights with her, even during my parents' divorce, decided to go live with him because I couldn't stand my mom. And it felt like we were just butting heads all the time. I found out about a year later after living with my dad for a year that mom does all the things she does because she cares. So, I mean, I would want my uh, younger self to know that. Nice. Parents are special. Yeah. I would tell my 15, 15 year old self to stop listening to the doctors that taking opiates for pain is going to do more damage in the long long run right and i would have gotten along with my 15 year old self i think he would have been a smart mouth little yeah never mind anyway <laughs> but, um, i i would have done my best to get through to him the point that just because the opiates are helping now they're not always going to help 
and it's not worth it. There's other <laughs> alternatives out there. So um, also, maybe don't go to school. I also might tell them not to go to college because I found going to college was kind of a waste of time uh, in the long run for me. I would rather have spent four years getting an actual skill set than trying to deal with curriculum that doesn't really help me get a job. I get messages. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do too. All right, Tristan, your question. Oh, Reg? No, I'm just, yeah, we all got to find our own paths yeah. through these things. And I, I think it's awesome that you have your own company and that you've been thinking in those ways for so long now. I know you're going to continue to make things happen, and I think that's great. Uh, Tristan, your question, please. If you had no uh, impairment or family responsibilities, concerns about money, what career would you have? My answer is actually, I would be a college professor, probably in some field relating to the sciences. Science was like one of my favorite subjects. And uh, I basically made myself not pursue it because of all of the concerns about accessibility and stuff. I would definitely be a college professor, first of all, because it would allow me to get a PhD. I wish. Anyway, because then I would not only be able to teach, but I would also be able to do my own original research and be a subject matter expert in that field yeah nice good Beth. i i would say i'd be a, a baseball player or a, a softball player i'm somehow won a world series <laughs> that's awesome i like that i love it all right chris well i would be a voice actor the big one would be narrate audiobooks but i could be podcast person or a, a documentary narrator anything like that but yeah i i i would still do that it's it's been a dream that's cool that is awesome <clears throat> denise oh this may surprise you all but i would be Yay. a race car driver a race car driver because i've always wanted to drive and i've always wanted to drive fast i love it that's good it does surprise me but it's a good thing yeah right there with you that'd be a fun fun career heather well i would have to do something that combined a lot of my loves. So travel, writing, and plants. And so I would travel <laughs> to, no, I got it, man. I already got it. Uh, I would travel to this place that I saw and I can't remember where it is, but I know I posted a video a long time about it where these trees grow roots that form natural bridges over a waterway and it is literally people's job in the culture to maintain these roots from the time they're young throughout their entire family generationally. So I would go there 
and I would study the plants and the culture. Then I would write a fabulous fiction book about it. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Let me know when you release that book. I'm interested. I will. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. All right, Luke. All right. If I could, if I could choose a job that I didn't have to worry about, you know, any monetary issues or anything. I think I definitely want to be an actor or uh, be a musician in a band because I, I think, I mean, I have the technical skill and the, the vocal skill to do both of those things. It's just that the, the uncertainty of the thing of like the monetary whatnot is really the only reason why mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be pursuing like the sciences kind of that's, yeah. that's my yeah. trajectory. Yeah. Um, so you can do I, both. Oh yeah. I, I mean, yes, but there's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. You gotta have, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, not I'm definitely exclusive. gonna be doing some sort of arts on the side, um, music wise, yeah. acting wise kind of stuff. But I think that if I didn't have to worry about any of the monetary issues, and I think that those two things would definitely be my primary career, just because I'm super passionate about that kind of stuff and I really enjoy it. So yeah. Well, this is Reg. I think I'm next. I just love everybody on our committee so much it is such an amazing group of people that we have here it's really been fun getting to know everybody better but i think i might have been a music producer and arranger and recording engineer ultimately Uh, i probably would have worked for a studio maybe i would have had a studio at home and maybe i would have become a pilot too because i like to fly and I like lighting and I like, you know, all kinds of aesthetics. And I would just want to be playing around, manipulating reality and sound and things like that. So, wait, yeah. you'd be flying the plane and playing with the lights at the same time? That doesn't <laughs> sound like a good thing. That is multitasking to the extreme. Um, yes. Amazing. Amazing. And and he could be flying over Denise's race car. Oh, <laughs> uh, not for long. She's driving pretty fast. <laughs> All right. So for my answer, I'd probably I have three answers, but the <laughs> the one that I ultimately want is to be a philanthropist so i want to have lots of money and be able to fund a bunch of different projects as do it you could do it you could um, do it yeah i need yeah. people to give me money first that's my current pr- problem don't have much yeah. <laughs> no money no um, money but i would like to um and the only reason i say this next answer is because it's something i could i could still do, still do right now um i'm taking steps to try my hand at um stand-up com- comedy comedy oh yeah Oh yeah, so. good nice. choice. Nice. I could see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. My question for you all. As far as WCB is concerned, let's kind of bring it back towards that angle a little bit. What is something you'd like to see WCB take on as a, either a goal or something they've done in the past? One of the, the issues I'd like to see the organization take on is creating more opportunities for those with visual impairment to be entrepreneurs or run a business. Uh, There's not a lot of 
help out there for those of us who are trying to run a startup or to even just get employed under their own power. You either have to go find a big corporation that is quote unquote dedicated to providing jobs for equal opportunity, or you have to get really lucky and find someone who's willing to give you a lot of money for what you're trying to do. So it'd be really cool to have WCB start up some sort of entrepreneurial program to help connect people with investors or to help give them the skills that they need to better the community as a whole. Um, Beth? I, I like all the current programs and stuff like that that the WCB has and, and the way that WCB does things versus uh, NFB Washington. And so I, I definitely like WCB better right now. So <laughs> I don't know what I would add or, or that kind of thing. So, okay. All right, Chris. Yeah, I think we're really on the edge of finding something like that. I'm sure there's something that we are so close to and it, it just isn't in our sight yet. Denise? I'm going to sort of build on what you were saying, Zach. And we have attempted to do this in the past and have not done a good job. I think one of the biggest problems still facing blind people today is lack of employment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think what that is going to require is for some of us within the organization to become much more connected with potential employers, working with people who can help us know how to interact with potential employers in terms of, you know, talking to them about the, the pluses of employing people uh, who are blind. I think a really big problem is that we, our membership is really not prepared to go out into the labor market. I mean, there are jobs that open up all the time and we don't have any members who have the requisite skills that are required to do those jobs. And it's getting our members more on board and more believing in themselves and their ability to be employed and, ensure, and and helping members get the skills that are needed to fill the jobs that come open. Agreed. Uh, Heather. I think I would like to see us expand our affiliates to include more things like maybe a young affiliate, you know, 20 and under or even 28 and under, whatever, and maybe an LGBTQ affiliate, you know, some things like that that we haven't really even looked at. I just think I would like more affiliates taking care of the, the ones that are not chapter members. And we're working on that right now. The um, gosh, the, the words escaping me. I'm sorry. Help me out. Members at large. <clears throat> Members at yes, large. Thank you. Right. Like thank me. you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot of them, and I know that, that we are working on that uh, right now. But I think we can just keep expanding that uh, process. Oh, Heather, sorry. you're saying more like special chapters of existing special interest affiliates that ACD has. Sure, like because we have the guide dogs and we have mm -hmm. the, diabetics. The, um, mm -hmm. the diabetics. Yeah, diabetics. I would love to see more special interest affiliates. Absolutely. And the ACB is already, they have a huge, very healthy pride, you know, mm -hmm. the pride affiliate and 
a lot of uh, just a lot of those kinds of special interest groups that are coming mm -hmm. up that we haven't we hadn't seen before. And, and they do um, have the one for the the younger generation that's yes, fairly they new. Do. But maybe you know arts arts and music you know performing arts things. We, we we, we've all mentioned that like with the um, Denise's audio. Uh, plays, you know, getting more things like that, maybe in the communities that are already existing, kind of pushing forward on those programs. So yeah, that's, that's my hopes. Uh, Luke. So I, I think something that I, I would love to see happening in the future is, I think this is sort of in line with what, what you said about those special interest groups, but an, an interest group about like just youth, right? I think that that would be incredibly useful and helpful because there, there's there's a whole wealth of of people like me who would be super interested in, in these kind of opportunities that just don't think that they're out there for them or think they have to wait until they're older or something like that and that's just not true right I think that that kind of that kind of maybe a special interest group as you said or or that kind of um, kind of a separate offshoot would be super super um, helpful and interesting and would definitely kind of broaden the horizons and uh, provide new thoughts and a bunch of other really positive, positive effects. So I think that would be what I would want to see the most. Uh, Reg. Yeah, I, I find this question to be really hard and it just raises more questions for me than it does answers. Like how do you stay relevant in a time when people don't even want to join um, organizations like this or don't see the benefit to them maybe they think that yeah they can just get by with what we have or that, that it's the solution looking for a problem or something like that and i really don't know because all a lot of organizations like this are shrinking but i do think that we have to continue to find the issues that are relevant and make concentrated efforts to address those. I, I really like Zach's idea of, of uh, trying to get people ready for jobs and to have the, the skills and uh, mm -hmm. entrepreneurial um, things. And, and it takes investing money, but to, to, to bring in more non-members and then once they get here or find out about us to, to make them feel valued uh, and that their input really matters. We have to find ways to do that. And I think we were better at doing that in the past. We have a really good board right now. And I, mm -hmm. I definitely think it's going in the right direction. And, and I guess that's my thing. We need to be more externally focused than internally focused on conventions and things like that. It needs to be more about what can we do for blind people as a whole to move the uh, entire um, situation forward uh, and make it a better world all right tristan i would really like to see them have a serious focus on education career development and career mentoring slash role models i want to see some blind and visually impaired people be empowered to go into career fields that are not the traditional blindness career fields. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So, so gotcha. mm -hmm. I want to see a blind astronaut. 
and I want, you know, those role models that we can hold up. I mean, Helen Keller, she was great, but that was a long time ago, a very different age. We need some new role models for our time who are blindness specific. Maybe we need, um, well, okay, a blind chemist, blind Let's go crazy. Heart surgeon. Yeah. And I think that WCB can do this. It's going to be a kind of a cyclical thing because you're going to have to build up a, I guess, a bank of these people before you can even have a role model slash mentoring type of program. So it would need to start with the education and career development. And then it can roll into providing those role models and mentoring to get more people through the education and career development. And it's just going to continue on. But that's, and that's partly why we've had the employment panels at the conventions. And just to take it back to Newsline, last issue, we had her interview with a blind machinist. We've got yes. several blind artists in this Sorry. issue. And we're trying to feature the people that we have um, that have been successful in these different areas so that um, we can uh, give people hope and a vision for the future that maybe I could do that. Yeah. And then getting that, once we've gotten that established, then we need to get that message to every single career and guidance counselor at the schools and state agencies. And uh, I don't know. You're here. Churches, you know, all that stuff. The, the people who interact with students and youth on a daily basis. All right. Well, thank you yeah. all for answering those questions. Well, let me first ask this question. Does anyone have anything that they want to say that they didn't get to say earlier about the committee, about the Newsline publication or anything like that? I just want to say that I kind of thought about this earlier when we were talking about kind of um, more general about the committee and the Newsline. I think that I'm not personally surrounded by a lot of people who are, are blind or, or visually impaired. And I guess I never really thought of that as like something that I should look for or something that was really needed. But I guess it's one of those things where uh, being on this committee and being able to read the newsletter has helped me kind of feel like I'm part of uh, of a community that never really, it, it was like a weight that I never really realized I had that was just kind of lifted. And I think that that was just a really incredible feeling and a really incredible experience. And I think that uh, so th this, this newsletter and this community has been incredibly really great to me and I'm really happy I was able to be a part of it so uh that's what I wanted to say yeah good that is a great thing to say thank you thank yeah you, we're, we're happy to have you <laughs> well, and, and I, I have add to a lot. Add, yeah I have to add to that because I was never exposed to visually impaired or blind people until I moved to Walla Walla at the age of 47 wow you know and wow. so I'm just thrilled to hear that you're getting an early start because it is, it's pretty eye-opening <laughs> yeah, in so many yeah. ways, you yeah. know, and, and if I had had that, those experiences my whole life, 
it, it would have been a whole different situation. But I just love that you're acknowledging that, Luke. It's it's great. You can find the WCB Newsline at WCBinfo.org. And you can submit content to the Newsline at the WCB Newsline at gmail.com. We tried to get just wcbnewsline at gmail.com and somebody else already grabbed that. So we're the wcbnewsline at gmail.com. You can receive it in large print audio or by email and you can find it on our website. Bye. 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 Arrivederci. Adios. Adios. This podcast was made in association with Washington Council of the Blind's Newsline publication. You can contact us at the wcbnewsline at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Credit for this production goes to podcast producer Zach Hertz, editors Heather Mears and Reginald George, and we'd like to extend a thank you to Kevin McLeod at Incomputech.com for his use of the song Life of Riley. Thank you so much for listening and tune in for our next episode or check out previous episodes.